For Nerds by Nerds Production. Welcome back to the For Nerds by Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Josh. We're going to take a little break from the Christmas festivities because Spider-Man is coming out this week. And... Finally joining the show. This has been a long time coming. I'm so happy that he's here. You might have heard him on the Night of the Living podcast or his brand new show, the podcast with the best name ever, Super Slash Bros. It's my main man, Mr. Red Fox. Thank you for having me, Josh, with the glorious intro. I am your boy, the head bitch in charge of the Night Squad, Red Fox, <laughs> host of Night of the Living podcast and ghost over at Super Slash Bros Podcast. Josh, this has been a long time coming. I pulled the strap out, as always, and I am here to talk the wall-crawling menace. <laughs> I'm here to talk some Spider-Man. Hell yeah. And the pulling out the strap is not a sexual thing. You can't see this man. He actually has a wrestling belt over his shoulder. Oh, it becomes a sexual thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, off off I, camera, off this camera. Anyway. Yeah, I, I guess I shouldn't make promises I can't keep. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to go through all of the Spider-Man movies so far leading up to No Way Home. Um, but we're going to do it in a, in a little bit of an interesting way. Red, why don't you walk the people through how we're going to do this? All right, so check it out, guys. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go through... All eight Spider-Man movies going from the Raimi trilogy. We're going to touch down into the Spider-Verse. And then we're going to take a swing on over to the MCU Spider-Man. We're going to go through it in chronological order by release date. And we're going to give our rankings of where we place each of the movies as we go. And give you some fun facts and talk just a little bit about each one of the movies as we go through the list. And when we'll wrap up. We're going to wrap it up by letting, by comparing our two lists and see where we put each movie. So the list will grow. Get a pen and paper out, guys. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, this list, our lists are going to uh, vary very much. <laughs> but that's all right. That's the good thing about these type of movies is that you can you can think whatever you want. Oh, I got, I got some thoughts. I got some. Yeah, so my spider senses are tingling on this bitch. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's jump on back to the far-flung past of 2002. We kicked off our first Spider-Man movie ever with Spider-Man by Sam Raimi, starring Tobey Maguire. Uh, I really like this one. This one is... So, this movie set the standard for me for all of Spider-Man. I love this version of Peter Parker. And as we go through the Raimi trilogy, you'll see why. Um, I love this Spider-Man. I thought the Green Goblin, perfect. This movie still holds up. And this is where we get part one of Peter Parker. This is a thug Peter Parker. He beat an old lady with a stick (laughs) for cranberry sauce. And each of the Raimi ones, he has a different alter persona. He's uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and Thug Man. Thug Spider. Spider Thug. He's Spider Thug. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, Josh, uh, real quick, can you ask me if I'm ready? R- Red Fox, are you ready? Bonesaw is ready! <laughs> Hell Macho <yeah>. <laughs> Man Randy Savage is in this movie. And it's one of the best parts. <laughs> I love it. Got you for three minutes. Three minutes, minutes. playtime. Play <laughs> Let me tell you son, I spent so much of my high school years quoting that, it's uncomfortable. I fucking love Macho Man. I was so happy to see him in this. Like, there are a lot of things, just Raimi's trilogy as a whole, there's a lot of things that I don't like that are in every single movie. Yeah. But there are small things like that that I really do like to where I don't really hate his trilogy, I just don't think it's as good as people like say. Like, I hate raised webbing on the suit, oh, but to most God. people, that's like they think that's like comic accurate. But I like the, I like the way Tom Holland's suit looks much more because it looks comic accurate. I don't care if you think it like would realistically be comic book accurate, but it's like 
we get a montage of this motherfucker building this thing in his bedroom. <laughs> like, he's got raised webbing all over First of all, how did you do that? Second of all, here's why that raised webbing shit, really, realistically, it would not work. Because you're getting punched in the face and you have abrasions in your suit that would then pull the fabric. Yeah. That's why the other suits work so good because, like, I, I always, I like to argue with people about uh, comic book suits and shit like that and, like, how realistic it is. Like, capes are stupid. They are a fucking hazard. <laughs> but his suit, you're right, the, the raised webbing thing, one, it's, it's inaccurate to the comics, one, and also, it's silly. It's silly and it's in no way practical. The yeah. flat suits, like uh, Holland and Garfield have, are great because, like, uh, people say a lot about, like, how come the comics, the suits never get, like, messed up and shit like that. Well, it's because your punches are sliding off of a surface. Like, there's a reason why a lot of these heroes have, like, almost body suits yeah. for suits. And that's one of the reasons is because when you get hit, it'll slide off of you as a... Yeah. Well, it also makes you harder to grab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're slick. You're like Butterman. You're the greased-up death guy, the family guy. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, I have a Red Fox fun fact here for you about this movie because uh, did you know Bruce Campbell played the ring announcer? Oh, yeah. He's at all of them. <laughs> I, I love it. He, what, what's your name, kid? The Human Spider. That sucks. The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. I love it. He really wasn't going to come out. He's like, no, they got my name wrong. Yeah, he's in all all three of the Raimis. He makes an appearance. And then in the Spider-Man 4 script that was supposed to come out and then it got scrapped for the reboot, um, it was going to be revealed that he was Mysterio. Oh. And that's why he was taking all these like different jobs. Like He was watching... Spider-Man or something like there, there's you can see there's like uh, storyboards drawn up. Yeah, like and he, see, they, they he walks him into the well. police station, and then like his helmet gets knocked off, and it's Bruce Campbell. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, another thing with um, cameos, uh, we actually almost got the first Marvel crossover during this movie. Uh, Hugh Jackman revealed a while back that he was supposed to have a brief cameo as Wolverine in the yeah. first Spider-Man movie. And it never ended up happening for obvious reasons, or what should be obvious reasons. And uh, I have one more thing that I actually, when I was doing a lot of research on this, I thought was very interesting. Tobey Maguire, during the scene where he catches all that, all the shit, he yeah, caught that all himself. Yeah, that's, that's weird that they did that, though. Like, they could have yeah, they could have made an effect it. for that. Yeah, <laughs> He wanted to do it, and they said it took over, like, a hundred-something takes for him to do it uh they had like a sticky solution so when it landed it all landed the right way uh they were gonna try to do magnets but it wouldn't work oh and uh i'm sorry and then the last last thing i have for this movie was that uh so a lot of fucking costumes got stolen five in fact yeah yeah i heard about that yeah So, so security guard at sony got caught he stole one of the suits his ex-wife tipped off the police <laughs> who not only did they find the suit they found a fifth hundred and fifty thousand dollar batman costume that he stole from warner brothers a lot back in 1996 <laughs> that's fucking insane. that's petty right there yeah that's fucking petty oh you ain't gonna pay your child support not a problem well, the only I'd say the only thing left to talk about Spider Man is that Willem Dafoe is the best part of the entire movie. He is wonderful, and it was at this point that I knew I wanted to see him as the Joker at some point in time. Yeah, that would be amazing if they ever do a proper um, Dark Knight Returns, like in the future. Yeah, where it's supposed to be older Joker. Like I think he would he would do a phenomenal job. Dude, I can I can definitely get down with that. So, uh, yeah, we're not going to deep dive into all the Spider-Man ones because it's eight movies and that's a lot to talk about. Yeah. I have this as, as number three on my list. Oh, same. Same. Oh, okay, that's number, that's number three for me. Let's go to the next one. Spider-Man 
dose. Spider-Man 2, the one everyone says is the best one. So, uh, would you like my thoughts on this? Yeah, let's go for it. You'll get my thoughts when you fix this damn door. <laughs> I Oh, man. God, I love this movie. Didn't and also, I know that's from the third one, but still, it, it I can put it wherever. It all works. So, let me tell you what, Peter Parker, this is. This one is my... I'm, spoiler alert. This is my number one Ugh. out of them. But for, no. good, but for a good reason. We'll see. <laughs> so, one... Alfred Molina, perfect casting for Doc Ock. Wonderful. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Octopus kiss. Two, this version of Peter Parker, his third persona, this is a poet spider. This is a, this is a, a try to talk his way into you leaving your astronaut fiance for me. Poet Peter Parker. Yeah. This is poet spider. This is a... a Hamlet Spider. Let's go with Hamlet Spider. Why not? Uh, uh, oh, what were you say? The more I think about this movie, the more I find things about it that I don't like. I there's a couple fan service moments in this where I was like, "Well, that's unrealistic." Like when they're fighting on the train or in the train, and the, the New York guys are like, "Yeah, I'm walking here." And then yeah, there's that fucking scene in every. Goddamn Spider-Man of we're New Yorkers and we're proud. We're here to support our people. He's one of us. Hey, you want you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. And <laughs> the most thug shit ever because Doc Ock's like, alright, bang, yeah, get the fuck yeah. out the way. You ain't walking here. The thing is, there is a huge section of this movie that is boring as fuck. Yes. The entire middle of the movie where he has no powers is fucking useless. Nobody gives a shit. There's this weird thing in this trilogy where I feel like maybe Raimi was inspired by Tim Burton's Batman because he tries to do that Batman thing of like the aesthetics and and a lot of the cars and a lot of the way people dress is very much like the 50s but it's still modern time somehow yeah, to explain I, I, why there's like futuristic technology but when you get into things like mary jane's supposed to be a supermodel but she's just she's always dressed like a fucking mom from the 50s yes uh yes. like all the cars and buildings he's swinging by look like very old hollywood and even and it lines up with the fact that it also sounds like a danny elfman score which I, I don't even... It might have been a Danny Elfman score. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure, but yeah, it does. I gotta look that up now. But it's just... it's All three of the movies have that. And when you get into the second one, there's a lot of, like... Things are different because Tobey Maguire hurt his back, so Spider-Man stuff's a lot different. There's a lot less of Spider-Man. James Franco definitely gave up trying in this one because his acting is fucking atrocious. I'm gonna be honest with you, James Franco is just not a great actor in general. He's, he he can be what he wants to be, and he very rarely wants to be. And, and that that right there is the problem. He could do so much more than he actually does, and he chooses not to because in the end, he knows he signed on for these movies. He'll do it when he wants it. Yeah, uh, like that whole last scene. And I know I put this as my number one, uh, but that whole last scene could have been so much more impactful. Where he finds out that Peter is Spider Man and all. But like Franco really hams it the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like the scene where he slaps him in the mouth. Is that in this one or is that in the third one? Where That's he's like, the third one. Brother, we're supposed to be brothers. And he's slapping him in the face. I'm like, you're fucking Spider Man. <laughs> Punch his face off. <laughs> so, this is one of the reasons. So, this is why I think I put this above the other ones. This movie was the first Spider Man movie that really got the dynamic of the the spider trio of Peter, Mary Jane and Harry. They were all they're all friends. They like they actually have that group dynamic. You have the love almost like the the love triangle between the three of them, which is very 90s Spider-Man-esque, but they did that great and I particularly am a big 
like fan of I like college Spider-Man. I like hardship Spider-Man, mature dealing with real life, like not real life issues, but like shit that is realistic. I like a more mature Spider-Man. And we said this uh, uh, cheap plug here. When me and uh, Mac East from We Get Dug, we did a uh, Cartoon Combat Spider-Man episode where we actually, and he's wearing the shirt. I'm wearing a We Get Dug shirt today. <laughs> Shout out to Mac East, Jay West, our boys. And uh, don't worry, uh, we didn't forget about it because yeah. they're also from New York. Yeah, they're from New York. Get out of here. Pizza yeah, and stuff. Yeah, listen, <laughs> You guys are from, but me and Josh, we're walking here. Yeah, forget so, about it. With this, with this whole thing, uh, we when we did our episode, I was talking about how me and Mac were saying that the older Peter Parker that lived through like the struggle, he's working a job, trying to fucking help his grand, help his his aunt and all. Like he's facing real life, like what it really is. That's the kind of life lessons that I grew up learning from Spider-Man. And the new era of Spider-Man, I'll get into that point when we get into the Holland shit. That's kind of what I like more so. And this was the most mature adult closest to that. I feel like we got. Because three was just silly. One, he was still in high school learning about like becoming it. It was an introduction to Spider-Man when we had the murder Uncle Ben. So yeah, that's why I have two on my list. Yeah, or two is one. Two is one. Yeah, it's number five on my list. Oh holy shit! I don't dislike it. There's just ones I like better. Yeah, yeah, I can, I, I can see that. I can see that. Um. So yeah, that that, that moves right on over to Spider-Man Three. With the dancing. Oh god, it's so bad. You want to kick this one off? Yeah, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> That almost matches my first note. <laughs> there are so many things. There's not only wasted opportunities. There's way too much going on. This was the, the start of, of villain fatigue. Of just like every time we got to add more and more and more. Like you don't need three bad guys. Yep. Yep. This is, this is the kickoff to a mistake that they make further down the line I'll get to. And uh, why I'm worried about the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah, but I um, feel like Marvel has found a way to incorporate things and actually make it work. This movie is very much a... Your director wanted to tell one story. The studio wanted to tell a different story. Yes. Their yes. compromise was to smash them together and make an incoherent pile of fucking garbage. Okay, I, got, I have something for that for uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie it suffers from the exact same fucking issues. Repeated mistake. I, I'll get. I'll get to that when we get over to it. Yeah. So this movie, I'm gonna tell you right now. This movie. Uh, where do you have it ranked at for you? It's the worst. It's uh, it's eight on my list. It's eight. It's number six for me. Really? Yeah. No. It was a I'll spoiler alert. Amazing Spider-Man number two is number seven, and I it was some strong back and forth in my mind of which one was worse. No, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, this movie is garbage. They had the perfect setup. You watched the 90s cartoon. You just did an episode on that, right? Yeah, I love it. The They had the perfect setup to do the exact same Venom origin story from that show and make it make sense. And they were just like, nope, we're just going to throw that right out and it, it's just going to land as a meteor. Like, yeah. you introduced... J. Jonah Jameson's astronaut son at the end of the last movie and throughout the movie talked about how he was about to go to outer space. In the 90s cartoon, he goes to the moon, finds a rock, brings it back, and it turns out to be the Venom symbiote that starts taking over the ship. It crashes on the fucking Brooklyn Bridge. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, forget about it. <laughs> and then fucking Spider-Man shows up and he... To save the astronauts, he winds up getting the black goo on him, and that turns into the suit. That those two episodes together is a better Venom movie than this entire <laughs> three-hour fucking pile of shit. Like they waste Venom. Sandman is 
kind of useless because his story doesn't really fit. Like, not at all. That's you sympathize really way dumb. too much with him for him to be a bad guy. You can't have this person who's like Spider-Man hates him and he's consumed with anger because this guy killed his uncle and be like, but he's actually a nice guy. He didn't actually kill his uncle and he has a daughter dying at home of cancer. Like, no, every possible <laughs> trope thrown right at him. And it's like, I'm glad they did comic accurate Eddie Brock going to the church and like asking God to kill Spider-Man. Who the fuck would cast Topher God? You know what? When you ask me about fucking Venom, the last person I will ever tell you is Eric fucking Foreman from that 70s show. It's because they messed up right there in that thought process of we want someone who is basically a lame version of Peter Parker. And it's like, that's not what Eddie Brock is. He's supposed to be fucking enormous. <laughs> supposed right. to be huge. He venomed smaller than Spider-Man. And right. all they did was take Spider-Man's suit and put a fucking mouth, CGI mouth on it. It looked awful. I was so pissed. <laughs> that venom was despicable. So I put in my notes that this movie aged like cheap wine. Whereas yeah. you could still drink it, but it tastes the same as it did back then. Yeah, I was uh, I was angry in the movie theater. That was the first time that it ever happened where I'm watching a movie that I'm I want to love and going, this is awful. Why would they do this? Why did you do this to me? <laughs> I hated this movie when I first saw it. The second Harry Osborne was flying on a goddamn hovering snowboard, I was like, well, that's yeah. fucking cool, but no, yeah. no. There Either are some, yeah, there are some really well. Like, budgetarily-wise, compared to the first two, there are some cool scenes. But they're still written like fucking garbage. Like, the yeah. effects for Harry and Peter fighting in the beginning, where he's, like, he's jostling for the ring over and over again, there's some mm. well-shot things in there. Same with the ending. Same with, the, like, the, the Sandman fight and stuff like that. But Or when that building's collapsing, and he saves oh, Gwen yeah, Stacy. Yeah. That scene's really cool. It's very Spider-Man-y. But other than that, everything else is garbage. <laughs> so here, here's why I had this at number six. Because this movie is part of the uh, Red Fox trinity of trilogies of terrible third movies that I, for some reason, cannot get enough of. Let me guess the other ones. Go ahead. We got X-Men. The last stand, baby. I'm the juggernaut, yeah. bitch. And Terminator? Nope. Nope, so... it's Marvel. Oh, it is Marvel. Blade? Trinity! Yeah. Yo, dick face. Where's Dude, my dog? I like Blade Trinity more than I like Blade 2. And, so, and lots of people yes! try to say Blade yes! 2 is better than Blade 1. And no, no it fucking ain't. way it ain't. It's Blade nowhere two close. Blade 2 doesn't even have Triple H in it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have Ryan Reynolds' sweet abs. It has none of that. First of all, he said Ryan Reynolds says in that movie at one point, "You turned a Pomeranian into a fucking vampire." <laughs> you, you cock juggling thunder cunt, and yeah. I have used that ever since. That's, That's the one. big guns I pull out. <laughs> all right, we got to move past. We got to keep chugging. All right, let's keep chugging on. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Real quick, quick game of pick your Peter Parker. This one is Dark Peter with the eyeliner mascara doing the. Yeah, he's so. So, yeah, he's so edgy, disco dancing down the street. Oh yeah, no, no, no. so stupid. Let's move on. To I remember watching one. that, and out of nowhere, I'm like, "Does he have emo hair? How did his hair get so long?" Yeah, no, right? It came out of nowhere, and it bit just through. <laughs> but yeah, next we got the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, let me kick this one off. So I have the Amazing Spider-Man is number four on my list. It's number four on my list. Yes, yes. I think this movie is vastly underrated. I if, think if it wasn't for Willem Dafoe in being in the original Spider-Man, then this would be above the original Spider-Man for me. Oh, yeah. Because I think this is a much better Spider-Man movie. This is a much better Spider-Man movie. It does what I liked of the whole, you know, he was young and learning. And dealing with the hardship, like the Peter Parker struggle, the Parker, the OG Parker struggle, Garfield 
is one of the actually I'm I, fuck it. He is the best Spider-Man. Not Peter. His Peter needs some work, but he's the best Spider-Man. His the quips during the fights, the way he moves, his look, yeah. all of, like and and that's a weird thing that no one really gives him much credit for, but his actual stances as Spider-Man. Like, the way he positions himself during fights. Yeah, moves that, his around, yeah. Like, he looks how Spider-Man would look. Yeah, that fight. hallway fight where he's fighting at the school. He's all yeah, over with the, the fucking lizard. place like an actual fucking spider. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, exactly. He's, like, crawling off the walls, flipping out. Like, he's moving like a spider and how Spider-Man actually... His combat is very Spider-Man. The wit, the sarcasm. My only issue with this, the lizard had a very weird design. I don't like when they try to make things anthropomorphic. And it's too much to a degree. Because if I didn't know that that was the lizard, I would have never guessed who this was. I would have thought it was the Mole Man from Sector 3. Yeah, I wish he did have like a little more of a snout, even if it was a short snout. Or even but that that one clip, that one part where he does come out of the sewer and he has the lab jacket on. The lab coat. I'm yep. like, even if they had just let him have that the entire time, it it helps the costume a lot. Yeah, because yep. he looks more like comic book wizard just having a, a, a lab coat on. But no, yeah, this movie's fucking awesome. I really, at first, when they first announced it and showed the first image of the costume, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But I really like the costume in this fucking movie. I think it's different and like. That's the great thing about Spider-Man. Spider-Man has a million fucking different costumes. So yep. you can't say it's not comic accurate. It looks more like something he made himself. And, and I like Garfield's build in that costume. Like yeah. He's very slim, very slender, and it works for that design and how dark the first movie is. Like, visually yeah. dark. It, yeah, it people so bitched good. about like all of that. They bitched about the suit. They bitched about how dark it is and why is it always nighttime and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, Spider-Man is a daytime superhero, but if you think about how shitty his life is because of being Spider-Man and juggling a job, he would be a fucking nighttime hero. Like, yeah. he'd have to be at work all goddamn day. <laughs> like, so, one of, my, one of my things, too, with this, with this Spider-Man in particular... There's a scene in this movie that broke... Like, I was in the theater, like, trying not to cry about it. When uh, he comes back, when he's, like, first going out on patrol and he's getting the shit kicked out of him. And he comes he comes back and he's, like, all bloodied and beaten up and all. And Aunt May goes to, like, try to talk to him because she notices the changes in him. Like, that right there, when he's, like, yelling at her to please just go to bed... Yeah. I was about to, I'm getting emotional now thinking about it. like that was such a fucking give him an award just for that scene. Yeah. Well it is That's also a, a very like teenager emotion to that yes. he like perfectly nailed of like I think I'm old enough to like take care of things, but emotionally I can't handle that. So like it, I'm just trying, I don't know how to communicate this, so I just need you to go away. <laughs> right. Right, e- exactly, exactly. And like, that's why I said, that's why I said, like, I, I like his spider, I think his Peter Parker was a little bit, little, little off, you know, he was a skateboarder, cool kid, which was, which was fine for his age. Yeah, he was more of an outcast than, like, a nerd. Yeah. But I kind of hate him getting, like, as much as he gets picked on in the newer ones, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Peter, you got a 12-pack. Like, not, There's a difference between not wanting to hurt anyone and not taking any shit. Like, at least stand up for yourself. Where are all your fucking quips now? <laughs> like, yeah, because he's the confident Spider-Man. Yeah. I'm so used to the 90s cartoon Spider-Man who didn't really... He, wasn't, he was only a loser because he seemed to have bad luck. But he right. wasn't a... He didn't, he didn't lack confidence. He was still stand up for himself. Exactly, like... This one too, but that goes back to too what you said, which is a great point about you know it's that's the teenager emotion of it with him too. Like they did a good job of capturing, or they could have done a better job of capturing that he knows he can whip this guy's ass, but he doesn't, and they could have done a lot better with like showing the whole 
the whole power versus responsibility thing. Like, yeah, you have the power doesn't mean you should use it like this. Kind of like in uh, the first Spider-Man when he's telling Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben tells him, like, yeah, you you humiliated that guy and all. Like, he, he, used, he abused his power and all. Yeah. But yeah, Spider-Man, amazing Spider-Man. Fucking, I love it. It's number four on my list. Yeah, I love it. I love Dennis Leary as uh, Captain Stacy. Yes! Yes, Captain Stacy was the fucking maid. The dynamic thug to the end. Yeah, the dynamic in relation to the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. It was fucking fantastic. I could see why they dated for so long after yeah. this. There's some of that in the second one where you can see like they, they let them be a little ad-libby, and it just doesn't work as well. Mm-mm, no. But, yeah, the first one's great. Let's move on to the second one, which is number seven on my list, as I said. <laughs> Second worst. And it pretty much, if it could just be two tied for number seven, they would be because... It's eight on my list. Yeah, it's the worst. There are so many things just from the advertisement alone. I'm like, this looks like shit. They they basically just brought back the Tobey Maguire suit, switched out the spider and the lenses for the eyes. It was raised webbing. It was all... Like, it looks great, but I don't like that suit. I like the suit he had. I'm like, give us that, or give us, a like, an updated version of that. Right. Don't just bounce right back to the old one. Like, yeah, he just reset it completely. I This is eight on my list. It, this was garbage. Yeah. There's too much going on. They repeated the, the same mistakes three made. Garfield, like you said, Garfield and Stone, I'm glad you brought that up, with the giving them a little bit more freedom with the ad-libbing. Did not work. That whole scene where they're in the uh, like the Chinese food place and all, and they're like, he's having a struggle on whether or not they could be together, blah, blah, blah. And they tried to go a little bit too depressing on this particular one with her dad dying in the first one and him trying to be there but not be there but be Spider-Man. Like, it was too, it was a spoonful too much on every degree. They overcorrected with the Spider-Man suit. They went a little bit too dark, but not in the right places. Jamie Foxx being Electro was a missed opportunity because he could have fucking killed it. And I'm actually glad he's coming back as Electro because he's going to give fans what they know he could have fucking done. Yeah, it wasn't even that. He didn't even act bad once he was finally Electro. It was yeah. just the fact that as, as a normal person, he was a goddamn embarrassment. And then yeah. as Electro, he looked like a fucking idiot. I wanted idiot. to bully him. Yeah, like it looked, the design was so horrible. It was I think, terrible just for one final fight that really did not amount yeah. to much. It does, this, scene, this movie does have one very cool scene, and that's when, uh, and I'll give it more to Garfield than anyone else, when uh, they're out front of the museum, I think it is, and Electro shocks the ground, and Peter like almost enters the Matrix and just starts saving everyone from touching yeah, the railing. Yeah, the spider sense in this, yeah, is really that good. was mwah. Rhino. Also, I'd like to just talk about real quick. Ugh. What the fuck was that? Yeah, the beginning's not bad enough. The end is worse. <laughs> yeah, the the ending is worse. The only good thing about that ending, and you saw it coming a mile away. Was when the kid tried to stand up to Rhino. Yeah. That was great, but then it got taken away completely because you knew what was coming. And if I didn't, was, I didn't okay. want that happy ending. It would have been a no. little... It would have pissed people off. Like, if they had left it, Gwen Stacy dies, and it's dark, and he's not coming back to being Spider-Man. And then they did a third one where he gets the black suit again. People would have been like, "The third, it's the third one all over again. But I think they really, like, I'm mad that I feel like it's a missed opportunity that No Way Home, he's just going to be Spider-Man. Like, I wish this whole movie was about the three of them being together. Because you could tell a very interesting story. Like, if he, Tobey Maguire shows up as Spider-Man, and then... Andrew Garfield shows up as Spider-Man, but he has the black suit on. And Tobey Maguire's yeah, freaking out. And Tom Holland doesn't understand what the fuck's going on. And Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is a fucking asshole because he's just like so in the depths of despair from losing his girlfriend 
that the symbiote yeah. is just like making him a monster. And then that could have been your way to get the symbiote into the MCU, but now they already brought Venom in, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And in, in Spider-Man, it made Spider-Man 2 as well, at the ending, they reintroduce his parents, which I thought that was a cool touch with them bringing his parents into it because Emma Stone just lost her, her dad, her only parent, and Peter's just finding out more about his own. Um, that was a decent, but it wasn't given enough to actually go with. Cause again, the movie had just a spoonful too much on everything. Um, yeah, I wanted more of that story. They switched it yeah. to like, Oh, this, this was made specifically for Peter's DNA. Like anyone else would get sick if they got it. But like, I wanted more of that. Like, why did they do it? Like they didn't go into that lore any deeper. They were just like. We told you they died in the first one, so let's show you that the, how they died in the second one. And it's like, no, I want an advancement like to all of And if of they would have did that, I would have rather them did that, cut Emma Stone out of the first two acts of this movie, have her come back in the third act, and then have her die right after like her and Peter rekindle everything, then have her die immediately. Yeah, I feel like I didn't like Dane DeHaan in this at all. But I feel like no. they could have scrapped that all together and had... Everything with Harry. Yeah, Everything with Harry, with shoveling in Felicia Hardy. Yeah, you could have you could have had Norman Osborn be the Green Goblin in this. Yeah. And know that he's on like a ticking time clock of dying. And then have like Harry get injured at the end and then he has to be injected with Spider-Man's blood and then he turns into the Green Goblin. Like, but just rushing it all in there. Yeah, this movie is just a pile of shit. You yeah, all know it's a pile of shit. <laughs> uh, one last thing, and then let's move on to the next one. Uh, one of the things that really fucked this movie up is the marketing. Because, again, this is what you meant, what you said, or sorry, what you said about Spider-Man 3, where the studio wanted to do one thing, but the director wanted to do something completely different. This was that problem. This movie was made to set up a series of movies that never came out that are just now starting to come to fruition with the Senate. Like this movie was designed to set up the Sinister Six and it never came through. And now we're finally getting it, but not even in that universe. And there, yeah, there's so much shit cut out, cut out of Amazing Spider-Man 2, where it was like, yeah. how long did you expect this fucking movie to be? Like there's complete characters cut out, character arcs cut out. I got to see this two weeks early, by the way, my dad won tickets on the radio. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was a disappointing watch even then. Yeah. I remember being in the theater with Ben, my co-host, and we were just like, this is awful. Like, what? Yeah, like, and we yeah. weren't even through the first act of the film. And I was like, this is, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, Yeah. If it was a sequel and it was like the first one, like, and it had the same feel the first one, I would have been all for it. But they... They gave into the studio a little too much and, and changed the outcry. Yeah. Instead this of is something ins I would like to see a director's cut to. Yeah. Instead of understanding that, like, oh, people have Spider Man fatigue. That's why the numbers are going down with the remake of with the Amazing Spider Man. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, we did stuff wrong. So we have to change it to make more money. And then the second one still didn't make a lot of money. And it was like, yeah, people are just a little burnt out. Like, yeah. Because you've done. You did a shitty movie, a good movie, and then a shitty movie again. <laughs> so, all right, let's go to the next one. Yeah. Which is Spider-Man Homecoming. Hell yeah. Fucking love this movie. All right, well, you can go first. Uh, this is number two on my list. This is number <laughs> five on my list. Oh, wow. What this the fuck? This is number five on my list. I can't wait to hear this list in chronological order. I think this movie is fucking awesome. I think it's the best live-action Spider-Man movie. I I would tweak elements of like less Tony Stark involvement, even though I like I love all the Tony Stark stuff in it, and it makes it feel like an MCU movie. I just missed. The, I I really would really like to see a Spider-Man movie that really relies on the fact that he's a fucking genius. Yes, and I think we finally got that with the sequel to this. We'll, we'll get to that, but I... Okay, I love this movie. I, th I thought it was good. It makes top five. It's a great follow-up to his him his appearance in Civil War. Yeah. Uh, 
few things, oddly, that you can... And again, this is where studio versus director comes in. There's a few things that I feel like they're holding out on for the sake of, well, we could use this for something later. So let's not even mention it. Um, I don't... I'm going to say it fucking now. I don't like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I'm, I'm, I'm not a Holland Spider-Man guy. I feel like they were like, oh, that was catchy. Do that in every movie. Make a reference to an old movie. That's your thing. I don't like Holland as, as Spider-Man. I like him as Peter Parker. I don't like his Spider-Man. I think his Spider-Man's a little bit... His Spider-Man hadn't had an opportunity to run free on his own. And I feel like that's what I'm waiting for. No Mr. Stark. No Mr. Stark's dead, but we're still going to make it about Mr. Stark. Yeah. And even with the new one. Okay, cool. The less Stark involvement, the better. But now we just brought in Benedict Cumberbatch. It's almost like they're no... They're, I think they're afraid that Holland can't hold the movie on his own. I think they're afraid that he's not able to handle a movie on his own. Uh, Homecoming, if you cut Iron Man out, I think he would have still did fine. But I feel like they had him in there as an insurance policy. That worst case scenario, people are, are at least going to come and see Robert Downey for Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were just kind of putting all their eggs in one basket to make sure it was as beneficial as possible because... The split contract means they have to split the money, which means they got to fucking yep. really That's knock it out of the park. comes in. Yeah. But I don't... It was definitely not necessary with the second one. I mean, I sp- they were definitely going to talk about Iron Man a lot because he had just died in the movies. But I think the uh, the only problem I really have with Tom Holland's Spider-Man is that he's still Peter Parker when he's Spider-Man. Yes. Yes. And that Absolutely. I feel like that is mostly down to the fact that all of his bad guys have been just dudes in suits. He needs to fight somebody like the Lizard or like Venom or something like that where he can actually fucking hit them. They, because he doesn't do enough hitting. All he really no. does is get the fuck out of the way. He just dodges a lot and then shoots his web. He doesn't ever hit. He's never in a fight. No. So him getting hurt or anything isn't real. Like he's, he still seems to get fucked up by the end of the movie somehow. But he's never like fighting anybody. No, he barely he barely throws a punch during these. Like you said, it, it, it's all dip, dodge, web him up, and then it, it kind of wraps it through like that in a in a repeated cycle. I don't get me wrong. It, I think it's great though. I I, I do. Um, drawing a blank on who played the fucking. Vulture, and I don't know how I could possibly Michael, do that. Michael Batman, Keaton, yeah. yeah. Batman is the Vulture, and he's terrifying. That whole the story to this is fantastic. Like I said, even if you take the Iron Man appearances out, it's still great. I, what I don't like is that everything in this movie that he learned, he had to learn through Iron Man. Like they yeah. had to make it where, oh well, listen, if you're not responsible enough, I have to take the suit away. Like, yeah. No, let him fuck up and him have to be the one to figure out. It, it's almost like they su- they swapped out Uncle Ben for Tony yeah, being the one. That's exactly what they did, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my issue with everything after Phase 3, where every character has to be a part of someone else's story and no one gets to ride on their own anymore. Yeah. The Guardians with the last time anyone was able to just fly on their own. Even Hulk, or uh, even um, Thor. After Ragnarok, I think Ragnarok was the last time anyone other than the Guardians were able to fly on their own in one of these movies without having a fellow Avenger or someone who the Avengers are associated with. Yeah, and I'm okay with that because that does happen all the fucking time in the comics. Oh yeah, if you're going to do it, they do do it well. Like I, I sound like I'm talking shit on it, but they do a good job of it. I just think I want to see Spider-Man fly on his own. Yeah, Homecoming's great. We'll just keep moving on. Michael Keaton's the best part of that movie. Yes. Then we got Into the Spider-Verse. All right, perfect, perfect. Where do you have it at? That's my number one. Oh, oh wait, I'm sorry. Where did you have Homecoming at? Homecoming was number two. Yeah. Number two? Okay, I got. Yeah. yeah, I have it as five on me. 
Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, best Spider-Man uh, movie ever. <laughs> yep, Into the Spider-Verse, number two for me. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. It's so well done. The soundtrack's amazing. The visuals are amazing. The story, uh, every story is perfectly told. And uh, yeah, I mean, there. I don't have a lot to say about this movie because it's I, just so well. I made. don't either because the movie is the movie is incredible. All right, in every way, shape, and form, this is almost the perfect movie. They do such a great job with Miles Morales specifically. Yeah. Without hitting all the tropes and, like, you know, the whole origin story. Like, they it just make it all so organic. This is the most organic telling of a Spider-Man tale possible. All of it. Even the fucking... And they put the fucking Prowler in there. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, I do want to say one quick thing on Into the Spider-Verse. Um, Nicolas Cage is a fucking godsend, <laughs> and if they wanted to do a... One thing I didn't want to happen after Into the Spider-Verse, well, two things. One, I didn't want them to do that Disney thing they always do, where something animated is great, let's make a TV show out of it. I didn't want yeah. them to do that. Uh, they did a little bit in one of the Spider-Man cartoons, uh, where he did an Into the Spider-Verse kind of thing, but I did not want them to do a... Here's Spider-Man Noir TV show as Nicolas Cage. I'm a liar. I want that. I fucking <laughs> want that. Never mind. Take it all back. Give me a Nicolas Cage Spider-Man Noir one. And uh, my last thing for Into the Spider-Verse is uh, this movie does not need a sequel. It doesn't, but I am still excited to see it. Yeah, I'll take a sequel. I yeah. <laughs> but this movie could live on its own merits. and be. I, I think if they're doing a sequel for it, they did a good job. Don't wait a while to put out a sequel. Go right for the sequel. They are. It's coming out next year. Oh, no, I know. But I'm saying like they, that was a good call on their end to go immediately for the sequel. Yeah. Because the movie could just rest on its own merits for yeah. 5, 10, 20, a million years. My great, great, great descendants are going to be watching this movie. As they should. It's fucking oh, fantastic. I mean, it won a fucking Academy Award. <laughs> yeah! That's awesome. Also, quick little uh, thing. I saw Post Malone in concert the year that this movie came out. We were about 25 rows back from the front of the stage. And when him and Sway Lee came on stage, who also uh, who opened for him, um, when they played Sunflower... They had the whole thing in the background of Into the Spider-Verse, like the scenes and everything. The music oh, video really? That's cool. played on the big screen. Yeah. And he was like imitating the music video. Oh, that's so awesome. It, it was <laughs> such a great performance. But yeah, Into the Spider-Verse, perfect. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. There's not much to say about it. How can yeah. you fucking fix perfection? That's true. I switched my two. I'm sorry. I got to switch my list. This is number one. Number two is Spider-Man 2. Yeah, a lot of people say Spider-Man 2 is the best, and I just, I, I can't agree. You know what? Into the Spider-Verse is the best. Yeah. Well, then finally we have Spider-Man Far From Home, which is number six right. on my list. Yep. Uh, Far From Home is number seven on my list. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, my problem with this is there's too much Peter Parker and there's not enough Spider-Man. There's not enough Spider-Man. It's them doing the thing again with Spider-Man and I want to be a normal kid. Well, you wanted to be an Avenger in the last movie. Now yeah. you want to be... And it does make... Don't get me wrong. It does make sense. It's not a plot hole. It makes sense because he turned down at the end being an Avenger and the whole thing with the end credit scene. But they leaned too hard into him just wanting to just not be Spider-Man and be Peter. And the Stark ship was just, again, haunted this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest problem, which kind of ruined this movie from the jump for me, because it's not poorly made or anything. And there are some really cool scenes in it. And I don't think, as a sequel to No Way, uh, to Homecoming, it's, it's, it's everything you want it to be. It perfectly fits. It feels the same. There's advancements in the relationships in the movie. The problem, is, for me, comes straight down to advertising. Yes. Is that they completely advertise this movie 
to casual fans that don't know anything about the comic books. You can't show me a commercial for a movie being like, Mysterio is a superhero from another dimension, and he's here to save it, to be a good guy. No, he's the bad guy of the fucking movie because he's been a Spider-Man villain for the last 60 fucking years. That got me, because I actually thought that they were going to change it to make Mysterio a good guy. I thought so because Jake Gyllenhaal is such a phenomenal actor and has such star power, and they've been looking for someone on a Downey and Evans level to be a mainstay in the MCU. And I actually did think that... I actually thought, when they said the whole multiverse thing in the trailer originally, that this Mysterio really was the good guy, and we were going to get a bad Mysterio at some point in it. Oh, really? And it was going to be, and it may, it would have made sense with the whole illusion, master of illusions shit for him to heel turn on him, but it's not the real Mysterio. And then you find out like it had me to the end where I was like, I kept thinking, what if another Mysterio really does come through? Like what if at some point the Mysterio that tricks him isn't the same Mysterio, but obviously it was wrong. And yeah, this movie was, it's, it's a, it, it's okay. Too much Peter, and I don't. I don't like Mary Jane in this series. At oh, really? I thought they were really, really good together in this one. Yeah, they're good together for this version of her. It's cool. I wanted. Well, honestly, I didn't want Mary Jane at all. I didn't. I wanted them to just go to another love interest. I would have rather rather them introduce Felicia Hardy into this series. Yeah, I'd take that. That's the good thing about Spider-Man. He's got enough love interest. It's oh, all that's believable. <laughs> but like, that would have been cool if you had MJ in the first one, then you had Gwen Stacy in the second one, and then the third one you had Felicia Hardy being the one to come through. Yeah. And then it, it works good, too, because this Spider-Man has an issue with not wanting to do supernatural-esque people. Like... Like you said, everyone is just a guy. Yeah. That he's fought. Until, uh, actually until we get to um, the new one, he's never fought any, like, mutated people and whatnot. Yeah, the only only people he's ever fought is aliens. Exactly. Yeah. Pre-established aliens, which he handled that completely as you should. Save the wizard. What? Okay, yeah, that's how I would respond, too. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of the thing, too, is that a lot of his best performances are in movies that aren't Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. fantastic in Infinity War, and he's in fa- fantastic in Civil War. <laughs> yep. But, but I, I do love his movies. I, I just, yeah, I think that that was just too much of a take to, to take me out of it to ever really enjoy that movie, because I'm like, you just, you advertised it wrong. Yep, and also, I feel like they didn't they very much so downplayed the severity of the blip. Yeah. They, it was mentioned in the beginning of the movie and then that was it. Like that, that was all of it. Yeah. The world's just up and running back to normal pretty much, except for a couple of people are mishoused. Like, right. Like I, I honestly think Falcon and winter soldiers did such a better job of explaining that than, yeah. Because I, I did a bunch of reviews on the episodes for that, and I was saying the whole time that I, I love that they're really going in on, well, listen, uh, the world didn't just go back to normal. Like, motherfuckers who've been living a life for five years just pop back up, and other people are living in their homes. Like, Yeah, it was an extremely selfish thing of Tony Stark to do, which it's like, yeah, that's right on brand. Yep, Don't. That's very, <laughs> fuck very up, on brand. Fuck up. Four billion other people's lives just because you don't want there to be a chance that your daughter might not exist again. Yep. And uh, <laughs> one last thing with this with this movie. Well, two last things. One, the whole final fight with Mysterio does not nearly get as much credit as it deserves. That was my favorite Tom Holland as Spider Man moments. Is his final when he knows Mysterio's bad and he fights Mysterio. That's one of my favorite ones because it shows that he knows he's out. He's outmatched. He's outgunned. 
Happy helps him build the suit. We get to see the smart Peter Parker. Like, we got so much of what this Peter Parker needs to be that in the next movie, I can't see him go back to this dim-witted, high school, gawky kid. He's smart as shit. They showed it. He came to the realization that, yeah, I probably am going to die here. And also, I like Mysterio's motive of showing that yeah, really, Tony Stark's a piece of shit because you were a war mongol for years, created all these weapons, and then you just put on the suit, became Iron Man, and that was it. Like, the first movie was the only movie where he was like, yeah, I've got to fix the wrongs that I made. And then the second one, he's like, guys, here's a whole showcase for me. I'm Iron Man now. Forgive me for the billions that are, or millions that probably died by my company. It's okay. I'm Iron Man. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> this movie did a good job with Jake Gyllenhaal being one of the people who he uh he who worked for him and showing yeah. like you just laid all these people off who did the job that you told them to do all these years and you were like, "Hey, we're not doing this no more. I'm Iron Man now." Yeah. Good luck on your lives. Yeah, they made a great they did a great job of making it make sense. It was yeah. just I'm like, yeah, that's a fun interesting way to make Mysterio more practical. Yep, but the movie is. But I still know he's a bad guy. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, like everything that's supposed to be a twist every time Spider Man's fighting something, I'm like, well, that's not real. <laughs> it's an illusion. <laughs> he just he's doesn't so know it yet, but I already do. And that's not how you want your audience to feel. So. Yep. Like they had me, like I said, they had me the first time. But I, I you know, rewatching it now, every time I watch it, I'm like, he's clearly lying to you. And my Spider Man is not this fucking dumb. Yeah. Like he's so. Yeah. You're from New York. You have no street smarts whatsoever. At all, dude. He's Forget about it. Blank, dude, he's selling you a blank CD right now. Like yeah. <laughs> that is not the latest edition of whatever Marvel movie on a really clean bootleg. It's a blank tape. <laughs> let's get to the next one. That's the last one. That's the last one. All right. Let's give our uh, our full list. Hell in yeah. Order. I had a heel turn and changed it to uh, Into the Spider-Verse is number one. <laughs> number two is Spider-Man 2. Number three is Spider-Man. Number four is Amazing Spider-Man. Five, I have Homecoming. Six is Spider-Man 3. Seven, Far From Home. Eight, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I have number one, Into the Spider-Verse. Number two is Homecoming. Number three is the original Spider-Man. Number four is The Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2 at number five. Far From Home at number six. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 at number seven. And Spider-Man 3 at number eight. Yeah, so wildly different list, but this has been mad fun. Hell yeah. I have two things real quick before we wrap. Another uh, little Red Fox fun fact here. I forgot to mention in Spider-Man 1. There is a, and you can look it up on YouTube if you're interested in it. There is a deleted scene, uh, which was, I, I, I'm not sure if it was confirmed that it was supposed to be in the movie, but it was part of the trailers and marketing, where Spider-Man catches these bank robbers in a yeah. helicopter in between the Twin Towers. Yep. Um, I've also heard that they had a plan for him to launch himself for him to be thrown for, by the Green Goblin in between the Twin Towers and catch the towers, pull himself back, and that was supposed to be the, the part that knocked them into the final scene where uh, oh. William Defoe kills him, uh, accidentally he stabs himself. Yeah, that would have been cool. And, yeah, I have seen, I saw the original trailer. I've seen that trailer with the, the Twin Towers. That was going to be the original ending of the movie, like the because I'm Spider-Man part. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, that was the trailer. I, they played it before uh, Jurassic Park 3. The best movie. And then a month later, 9-11 happened, and that <laughs> trailer was never to be seen again. <laughs> nope. nope. That was gone. You can still find it on YouTube, guys, if you look. Uh, it, it's really cool, you know, despite everything. It, it's visually, from a, a cinematography standpoint, they did a great job with that. Uh, there's yeah. actually even a part in the final cut of the movie. Um, I don't, I'm not sure where this is at, 
But there apparently is a part where you could still see the Twin Towers reflection. Uh, uh, yeah, probably. In his eyes. Yeah. Uh, that made it the cut. Um, but that was left there more as a tribute than just erasing the fact that the Twin Towers, uh, that 9-11 ever happened. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I have one, one last thing. Did you also catch in Spider-Man 2 that the Punisher was there? No. So, in the scene where Mary Jane leaves um, John Jameson at the altar and she's running through the park, mm-hmm. the guy that she almost bumps into, that's Frank Castle. That is the Punisher because they were planning on doing something with that later down the line. Oh, really? Uh, Yep. That's interesting. They also referenced Doctor Strange in Spider-Man too. Oh shit! Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Did they? No, no, no. no. I'm thinking of Thor when they reference uh, Richards. They reference uh, Reed Richards in in Thor as well. Oh, did they? Yeah, oh, yeah. In the um, in the beginning part when they're talking about um, all the smartest minds of shit and all, and they mentioned Richard Strange, uh, Richard, uh, Doctor Doctor Stephen Strange. And all this is way early MCU type shit, but it's like a passing by thing. But then nothing ever happens of it. Yeah. Um, if I could ask you one final question, sure, buddy. How do you feel about the new movie? Think it's gonna be gonna be awesome? I mean, we got all three Spider Man coming through. As much as they try to hide it, it's coming. Yeah, I don't know how it could be bad. <laughs> I, I it, lo- it looks great, and the premise is great, so I can't imagine it being bad. At least with. When you have this many bad guys and you got three Spider-Man and a Doctor Strange flying around, like, yeah, at least there's there's it's not unbelievable. It's not one guy versus six. <laughs> nope. And I I like that a lot of I the only complaints I've ever seen I seen about it was people saying that they're worried that this is going to be another case of the third movie where too much going on. I don't think this is the case. This is the perfect opportunity to open up the infinite world of possibilities especially when you got to consider that dr strange's next movie is called into the multiverse of madness this is what's getting you started into it like they've slowly been drip feeding you this from what if to wandavision to far from or no way home they're drip feeding you all of this multiverse stuff so you get a better understanding which is very smart but I think this movie will do very well. And I also believe that this is, in fact, going to be the movie where we finally start to bring Venom into the conversation. Yeah, I think he'll show up. Hopefully, my dream scenario is that Spider-Man 3 Venom shows up. And then immediately Tom Hardy Venom lands behind him and eats him. That is and- in my fucking notes. Yeah, and then that's how he gets the spider symbol on his chest. Is because he absorbs yep. that spider. Yeah, that'd be dope. No, I I would I would absolutely love if they uh, if they did that. And honestly, uh, the only other thing that I could really think of for this movie that would be pretty cool, and it's just a wild thought process here. It would be awesome if at the end of this movie, Spider Man Tom Holland ends up getting lost in the multiverse, and that's part of the reason why Doctor Strange is going into the multiverse. Yeah. And he ends up over into the Spider-Verse or into the Spider-Verse 2. And Miles Morales ends up being pulled in. And they end up swapping places. At the end of this fucking movie, they swap places. Tom Holland ends up in the Spider-Verse learning about all the other Spider-Men. Because he just got introduced to two of the other Spider-Men. Finds out that there's so many more on the other side of the universe. He goes into the cartoon version. Miles Morales comes into the fucking, into the actual one, and the next Spider-Man movie is introducing the fucking, introducing uh, Miles Morales into the actual MCU. Boom, let me have it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm down for some Miles Morales. I fucking love him. It's, it's awesome. Could then do Multiverse of Madness. You got plenty of time to string something going on. And then if, how, depending on how, into this, and then Multiverse of Madness could send Miles back over there or some shit like that. I don't know. Either way, it would be cool to see them swap places. Anything is possible these days. And that's the fun part, is now they've earned it over 30 30 fucking movies. (laughs) They they earned that amount of leadway to trust that they're building to something. Yeah. 
But hell yeah, buddy. This is awesome. I'm so happy we finally got you on the show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This has been fucking great. You can find me on Red Fox's show, uh, Super Slash Bros. We did a commentary for the first scary movie. Was that? That was a fun time. <laughs> that was great. Well, I, yeah. Tell the people about your shows and, and where they can find you. So you can find me, your boy, the man, the myth, the legend. Head honcho in charge of the Night Squad over at Night of the Living Podcast. It is a pop culture podcast. It's a tornado of, it's a tornado just cycling full of violence and controlled chaos. It's awesome. We talk about everything, anything from comics, anime, to video games, to movies. And yeah, we have a new guest on every week to talk about whatever pops to mind. Um, so... Check us out over on Twitter at Night of the LP, Night with a K. And you could find me ghosting it up, riding the murder machine. Josh was riding shotgun on our second episode at Super Slash Bros Podcast on Twitter at Super Slash Bros. I got to get a better better uh, handle on these Twitters. So you can check us out. That's our horror exclusive podcast. We got a bunch <laughs> of fun shit coming out for December. Night of the Living Podcast. We're doing a bunch of Christmas stuff too. Uh, we actually put out a Mortal Kombat Christmas episode that you have to watch. It's a very combat Christmas. And who would have known there were so many Santa hats in that movie? You didn't realize until now. <laughs> but, Josh, thank you Hell for having yeah. me on, man. This has been a very Absolutely. long time coming. Uh, Josh was actually one of the first people that I got to know on Twitter when I first started out. Um, so this is great. It's been a long time coming, and I cannot wait to have him on Night of Living Podcast, so we could just shoot the shit, talk about whatever, everything, and everything. But yeah, you can find this show on Twitter, FMBN Podcast. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, FMBN, the number four in the letter U. Find my other show, High on Horror, everywhere, uh, at H on H Pod. And yeah, then we'll be back next time with our review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, until then, I am Josh. I am Red Fox. And this is the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast signing off. Stay nerdy, my friends.